Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. יום השבת זה מנוחה, יום השבת אהבה, יום השבת עם המשפחה ועם בורא עולם. לך דודי לקראת קלה, Nekabela Oh,
JM in the AM. Elul done by um, Pumpadisa here at JM in the AM. As we uh, get set to close out Elul and get to Tishrei, the brand new year. Hard to believe, huh? Hard to believe. Uh, David Schlusselberg with a song called the Tshuva Nigun. Ikvisa, that's from Zusha. Chaim Bennett in the Besefer uh, Hachayim medley. Yonatan Sheinfeld with Zachreinu Lachayim. Kala Shavua done by Dove Halpern, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. It's a JM in the AM Friday, the final Friday of 5782, Erev Shabbos on the September the 23rd, day 27 in the month of Elul. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Nitzavim with candlelighting in New York at 631. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 631 is candlelighting in New York. Sunday is Erev Rosh Hashanah. Monday and Tuesday is Rosh Hashanah. Wednesday is Tzom Gedalia. And um, what can I say? There is, uh, there's a lot to talk about as we get to the very, very end of the year. And next week we'll start a very, very busy holiday season, <laughs> to say the least. By the way, we'll speak with Mark Zomik, please God, a little later on. In addition to the Erev Shabbos music mix today, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, don't forget our Erev Yom Tov music mix is coming Sunday. Matis will be on on Erev Yom Tov between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern time with JM Sunday, and then Mark Zomik has curated an incredible an incredible playlist uh, that makes up a uh, an Erev Yom Tov uh, music mix that's going to be remarkable. It is the best way to prepare for Rosh Hashanah. Have us on all day long, all the way until candle lighting. That is the best way to prepare for the big holiday that starts on Monday, on Sunday night, on Sunday night. So keep that in mind. You won't want to miss any of it. That I can guarantee you. Just keep it on all through Sunday. If you're driving somewhere, working, getting ready for Yantif, cooking the meals, whatever you're doing, get ready and um keep it in mind for israel as well because uh, you know it's a two-day yuntif in israel as well so a lot to prepare a lot of stuff to do you want to make sure you have proper musical accompaniment feel free to comment on the app go to the nsn Home single network app for android and iphone and comment away rabbi cash wishes us a good morning and a good shabbos same to him and a happy healthy and sweet new year tikva says the last shabbos of the year shabbat shalom boy oh boy it is the last shabbos of the year and it's hard to believe. Please keep in mind, somebody who is um, who is um, undergoing a kidney transplant today. And we are very, very hopeful that this will be a successful, wonderful, and smooth medical experience for all involved. Uh, please keep in mind, Davin for the next day or so, for Yehoshua David ben Frimit, Yehoshua David ben Frimit. That kidney transplant is going to be happening this morning before we leave the air. Please, Yehoshua David ben Frimit, and your help with that, of course, is greatly appreciated. Um. Malcolm Holmline will join us, 7.40 a.m. for the weekly update. The uh, The update may be a drop shorter than usual because Rabbi Yudin has a uh, a lengthy presentation for us for pre-Rosh Hashanah. 
Um, so again, weekly update seven forty. Harry Rothenberg scheduled for uh, approximately seven ten this morning. Naomi Nachman will hopefully join us toward the very end before she uh, starts the table for two program at uh, nine a.m. Eastern time. And Mark Zamek, the aforementioned Mark Zamek, our music director. We'll join us at about 7.30 here at JMNAM. We'll talk about the Erev Yom Tov music mix this coming Sunday. Also, Erev Rosh Hashanah is my 39th anniversary of beginning JM in the AM. Um, there was Jewish programming at WFMU when I got there in September of 1983. And um, what I like to, to call the the transition of the mark that I left after 39 years really began the day I walked in there. I think it was September the 8th. It was Arab Rosh Hashanah. It was Arab Rush Hashanah in 1983. Maybe it was September 4th. Um, so we celebrate, and for me, it's a personal celebration. I thank those of you who extend good wishes to me this time of year. Um, to, to us, it's a commemoration of 39 years of what we call JM and the AM. That is the uh, the genesis of of this great broadcast is 39 years ago. So, um, it's hard to believe (laughs) that 39 years has gone by this quickly, but I'll also say that it's an unbelievable feeling to still be able to uh, get up and present this show and inspire people, inform people, entertain people, uh, throughout the, uh, throughout the entire week. And to everybody who has gone ahead over the last many, many years to enhance and strengthen JM and the AM and to help build the Nahum Siegel Network, and that's everybody. I ain't going to list any names right now. It would be a long list, and I may leave someone out. But to all of you, the producers and the hosts and the -the behind-the-scenes people, some of whom have more than one of these positions each, everybody, I say thank you. Thank you for uh, helping us get to this point, and may we continue to go from strength to strength as the year 5783 begins on Sunday night. And 5782 was a somewhat of a challenging year, to say the least, uh, but yet we made it through, broadcasting every single day, thank God. Let us, uh, let us hope for a peaceful and a uh, sweet 5783 beginning this coming Sunday night. And we look forward to our first jam and broadcast of the year, which will be Wednesday on Tzom Gedalia. JM in the AM. It is a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Nothing more special than that. And um, this is a Yamim Narayim selection from Srilly Williger at JM in the AM. Oh, 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 oh,
Jam in the AM with uh, Naftali Blumenthal here on uh, a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Song is literally entitled Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Shirley Williger before that with Areshes. So I just got a notice uh, that was forwarded to me that originated from our friends at Renewal. We have the name of um, we have the name of the kidney donor in in addition to the kidney recipient. So we are davening this morning for Yosef. Eliyahu ben Chayalea, who is the kidney donor. Yosef Eliyahu ben Chayalea. We are davening for the kidney recipient, our dear friend, Yehoshua David ben Frimit. Yehoshua David ben Frimit. Now, this procedure, based on what we've been told, is going to take place within the hour, or at least start the process within the hour. So please, a lot of you are heading to shul right now. A lot of synagogues, even on non-laning days, will make mishaberachs. And certainly in our private prayer, we have an opportunity to keep certain people in mind. So please, today, right now, this morning, the kidney donor is Yosef Eliyahu ben Chayalea. The kidney recipient is our dear friend, who we are going to have in mind all day long, Yehoshua David ben Frimit. Yehoshua David ben Frimit. Keep the prayers coming, everybody. Keep the prayers coming. J.M. and A.M. at a quarter before 7 o'clock, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. And Malcolm Honline in the 7 o'clock hour. Weekly update. Harry Rothenberg in the 7 o'clock hour. Rabbi Yudin coming up. Mark Zamek coming up. We'll speak with him about the Erev Yom Tov music mix is coming Sunday, in addition to the Erev Shabbos music mix today. Um, Naomi Nachman scheduled to join us. She's got a brand new show coming up at 9 a.m. We'll hopefully get a few words with her later on. So there's a lot happening today here at JM in the AM. We're in our TNEC studio, by the way. And uh, for those of you local, those of you in the New York, New Jersey area, it is chilly outside. I didn't realize it's sunny today with a high of only 62 degrees. And tonight's going to be something. <laughs> tonight's going to be uh, a low of 46. And then Shabbos, a high of 71. The good news is that these lows and highs are going to climb a little bit. As you get closer to Yuntif, but boy, I didn't realize that uh, that we are in the midst of a uh, cooling off period. The Chazanim out there have got to uh, wear those scarves over the next couple of days if they want to prepare properly for Yuntif. <laughs> Speaking of Yuntif, it's welcome back Yom Tov musically here on a Friday morning Arab Shabbos JM in the AM.
Bebe, sabe? 
Classic medley of uh, Rosh Hashanah selections from Welcome Back Yom Tov here at JM in the AM. As we get set to wrap up hour number uh, one here on a Friday morning era of Shabbos, the final JM in the AM of 5782. 
Sorry about that. Sometimes you just have to sneeze. <laughs> Sneezing and radio have never been a good combination, you know? That I have to say. Never been a great combination. Listener Schwiger, thank you for your wishes. Schwiger on the app uh, wrote about the last 39 years. And yes, I pray we'll have the opportunity to continue being involved in uh, in Chesed and all the things that uh, this radio show and network has evolved into. A lot of Chesed being promoted, that I must say. By the way, don't forget our El Chesed campaign, the the ability to donate tickets for underprivileged families, Six Flags, a great adventure for the one-day Cholomoy that NCSY is going to be down there. You can do it by going to ncsygreatadventure.com slash donate, ncsygreatadventure.com slash donate. Don't let any of the opportunities at nahomsegel.com slash chesed pass you by as we begin the brand new year. nahomsegel.com slash chesed is in memory of Yaakov Mordechai ben Achavar Yisrael. That's our good friend Yanki Meyer. And again, don't let the opportunity pass you by. Uh, also on the app, listener Devora says, Mazel Tov Nachum, very proud to have participated in the nationwide Project Cauliflower, in which different communities cook food items for the poor and elderly. My community sent 260 kilo of meatballs. Yashikach to the organizers. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I would say only in Israel, but I don't know if that's fair because there are communities around the world that duplicate the incredible chassadim that are done in Israel. Uh, listener Moshe, good morning, Nachum. Enjoyed the flashback back interview with Harry Wallerstein yesterday. You then took live phone calls with questions. It seems you don't do that anymore when interview. Yeah, I mean, we, the, the app, our vision, and I think the vision is basically coming true. The vision is that the app replaces the on-air phone calls, is more efficient and, uh, you know, get to more stuff. And we try to check the app during every interview. We just don't remember each time, that's all. Galay <laughs> Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. בוקר טוב, from JMDM. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, שלום רב, באולפן ערן קורצי, מה שקורה עכשיו. הותר לפרסום, שבת פענח שני פיגועי ירי שבוצעו בשבועות האחרונים ביהודה ושומרון. בתומצוד נעצר המחבל בן ה-16, שירה לעבר היישוב קרמל בדרום הר חברון, ופצע תלמיד ישיבה באורח בינוני. בנוסף, נעצרה חוליית טרור של חמאס שירתה לעבר כלי רכב ישראליים סמוך לכפר חווארה באזור שכם ופצעה אזרח באורח קל. על פי חקירת השב"כ, החוליה הוכוונה על ידי חמאס ברצועת עזה והוסגרו כלי הנשק והתחמושת ששימשו לפיגוע. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. גבר בן 52 נפצע באורח בינוני כשנורה בצהריים באום אל גאנם סמוך להר תבור. חובשים ופרמדיקים של מד"א פינו אותו לבית החולים העמק בעפולה עם פציעות ירי. כתבנו הדר גיציס מוסיף שהמשטרה פתחה בחקירה. פועל בן 47 נפצע באורח בינוני כשנפל מגובה שלושה מטרים במהלך עבודות שיפוצים בחרמי יוסף. צוותי מגן דוד אדום פינו אותו לבית החולים שמיר אסף הרופא כשהוא סובל מחבלה בחזה. בחירות 2022, לאחר שחבר הכנסת בצלאל סמוטריץ' אמר בכנס פעילים שיש מגעים עם איילת שקד לפרישה תמורת תפקיד, בבית היהודי טוענים כי הפרסום שקרי. הבית היהודי תרוץ עד הסוף. הפרסומים האלו הם המשך ישיר לשרשרת השקרים עליהם הוא יצטרך לצום בכמה ימי כיפור. לשון תגובת הבית היהודי, ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב. 
בעקבות פסילת מזוז על ידי בית המשפט העליון, השופט בדימוס אליקים רובינשטיין ימונה זמנית ליושב ראש הוועדה המייעצת למינוי בכירים. כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין מוסיף כי ביום ראשון יובא המינוי לאישור הממשלה. רובינשטיין מונה לצורך אישור מינוי הרמטכ"ל הבא. כאן למזג האוויר מעונן חלקית עד נאה עם עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות.
JM in the AM. Hayom done by Alicia Friedman. That's words, of course, from uh, the Rosh Hashanah Davani, which we'll do Monday and Tuesday. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Rosh Hashanah Shali done by Yoli Klein to open up the hour. Please keep in mind the kidney donor, Yosef Eliyahu ben Chayalea, Yosef Eliyahu ben Chayalea, and the kidney recipient, our dear friend, Yoshua David ben Frimit, Yoshua David ben Frimit. Please keep them in mind as we get closer and closer to uh, the new year and as they are undergoing their procedures as we speak. And uh, we thank you, of course. Thank you very much. And God bless the folks at Renewal for all that they are doing. JM and AM, good morning. Friday, Erev Shabbos. Harry Rothenberg has... Uh, has ooh, let me just... <laughs> Let me just make a small adjustment here. Harry Rothenberg has something to say regarding Parshas Nitzavim, and this week here he is on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. A couple months ago, I came home after morning prayers, parked in the driveway on the side of my house, walked up the stairs from the basement, went into the kitchen, said good morning to my wife. She said, did you take out the garbage bag? I said, what garbage bag? She said, you're kidding, right? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, I left a garbage bag on the top of the stairs. How could you possibly have missed it? I retraced my steps, and sure enough, there was a garbage bag sitting at the top of the stairs. The only way I could have gotten past it would have been to have taken a giant step over it or to have contorted my body to squeeze past it. And yet it didn't register. I didn't see it. Yes, I'm sure at some level deep in my brain there was a message that went off of object in way must avoid. But the synapses didn't fire any further. I didn't get the additional message of, that's garbage bag. Obviously, my wife left it there so that I can take it outside. And I was thinking that it's such a great story before Rosh Hashanah, because that's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. God is everywhere in the world and in our lives. It's so easy to see him and his hand, and yet we don't. How can we possibly miss him? And I'm not just talking to the atheists who allegedly don't believe in him until they're in a foxhole or until they're having surgery the next day. I'm talking to us. Talking about people who do believe in God, and yet we get stuck in traffic and we blame ways. We get embarrassed in public and we want to throttle the person that did it. Yes, you have to work it out with that person. Hopefully they'll apologize. If they don't, hopefully we'll forgive, especially this time of year. But if you were embarrassed in public or otherwise wronged, God wanted it to happen. It was supposed to happen to you. It's a message, it's a lesson, and then good things happen. It's a raise, a windfall, a deal goes through, get the acceptance letter to the school you were trying to get into, and we pat ourselves on the back. It was our ingenuity, it was our creativity, our brain power, our persistence, it was, but all those talents came from God. And even with all those talents, it doesn't happen, can happen without his say-so. It's not just the British people who are getting ready to coronate a king, the Jewish people are going to coronate a king on Rosh Hashanah. It's two days where we sit and reflect and remind ourselves that God didn't just create the world and then disappear. He's here all the time, running the show. The world show, the individual by individual show. It's interesting. There are these so-called Aseris Yemei Teshuva, the 10 days of repentance. Even someone who's math challenged, who looks at a calendar will see that Rosh Hashanah is part of those 10 days. The first two days of the 10 days of repentance are the two days of Rosh Hashanah. And yet, go look at the prayers of Rosh Hashanah. You won't see anything about repentance. We don't do any of these like we do on Yom Kippur. 
So why are the first two days of Rosh Hashanah considered the first two days of the 10 days of repentance? And the answer is because in Rosh Hashanah, we take the necessary first step, recognizing God. You first have to recognize that He created the world and created us and has certain expectations, certain guidelines, all of them incredibly reasonable when you think about everything that He does for us. Once you recognize that, then you can start reflecting on how you may have fallen short, how we may have fallen short of His expectations. I hope all of us have a happy and healthy and sweet new year. And I hope we all get inscribed for another year in the book of life. Ksiva v'chasima tova.
JM in the AM, good sample of some of the great Yamam Narayim selections that are out there. That's from Sully Williger and Asana Tokif. I played a toast to life, Yaakov Shweki. After all, isn't that what it's uh, all about? Or certainly a good part of our upcoming Yom Tov is all about? Zohreinu Lechayim. JM in the AM, good morning all. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget that today, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek. Starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, right after Naomi's brand new show. Sunday, Mark has curated an amazing era of Yom Tov music mix that'll air the entire day from after JM Sunday with Matis all the way until candlelighting time. The aforementioned Mark Zomik is with us live via telephone. He has many, many hats at this network. Music director is certainly one of the more prominent ones. Mark Zomik, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and a happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Hard to believe, huh? <clears throat> and I want to thank you and Matis and everybody. Those two names I will mention, <laughs> but everybody who has had a role in getting JM and the AM to this 39th year, or 39th anniversary, starting our 40th year, and getting the Nahum Single Network to where it is. And you are responsible for so much of that because of the uh, incredible programming that you are responsible for. So I just say thank you, and yes... Happy anniversary, Sunday's era of Rosh Hashanah, and that will be the uh, 39th anniversary of me walking into WFMU for the very first time. And boy, doesn't time fly, Mark? <laughs> I was going to say, 25 years, but it's, oh my God, it's 40. That's crazy. It is unbelievable. Uh, anyway, I got to thank you. Uh, first of all, the Arab Shabbat Show is a massive hit every single week. A big thank you to our friends at Kedem, and you'll hear it again, everybody, at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, plus the Erev Shabbos Music Mix. Uh, Mark is responsible for curating all of our great Erev Shabbos selections. And now this Sunday, uh, you have uh, gone ahead and curated an incredible list of Erev Yom Tov. So is there a better way, Mark Zamek, to prepare for Yom Hadin, to prepare for the Day of Judgment, than to have NSN on no matter where you are on Sunday? I'm not sure that there is possibly a better way. <laughs> it's your, your, your Erev Yom Tov companion. How is it? How is it to prepare a mix like that when you have hours and hours and hours of selections to go through? It's actually pretty easy. Oh, good. Well, because of the way we've spent the past, I don't know how many years, curating the music on the stream, that everything is classified and categorized in such a way that to pull those kinds of things together at least the beginning of it is, you know, Baruch Hashem. We've we've created a system, with uh, certainly with Avrami's help and assistance on making sure the music is current for the day and keeping the best up to date music. So we do our best. And uh, do you think you included for Sunday every must listen 
uh, selection for the Amim Narayim. Do you think you'll be criticized for leaving anything out? Well, I, I think it, I would be hard-pressed to be criticized because unless you're going to listen for 20 straight hours, <laughs> which is how much music there is, you, you might know that uh, you, I could always say, well, I'm sure I played that at some point. <laughs> but it's also, you know, we don't, I want people to think, because we've done this before, it's not that you're going to hear, it's it's not Chazanis all day, it's not even, you know, traditional Nusach all day like the Benny Rogersnitsky or the Shirley Wooliger album. It's not that. It's actually that's, we'll probably wait, wait W-E-I-G-H-T against that um, in favor of the more, I want to say, inspiring songs, but songs that appear. I mean, that's generally what I do on my show in general. You're finding the songs with the words that appear in the davening. You never know what sparks you while you're davening. A song will pop into your head and you'll be, you know, that much more motivated you know, so you have your Habein Yakulis and your Vahabio Sims and, you know, anything that, you know, any, you know, the, right. the, the Slikos tunes and stuff like that. Just, you know, like, like, like I've said, I'm, I've said it on the air, I'm sure a million times. It's like, you know, uh, uh, how many times a week do I say it? Uh, um, 11 times a week I sing Vanachnu Laneda. Right. Oh, now this week, forget it, an extra six times, right? So I'm <laughs> singing, you know, it's just, you, it's just those few words. It's a song from my youth that's memorable to me from the Pirchei album. And it's in Davening and it literally pops into my head every every single time I stand up when I'm finishing Tachlan. So it's those songs I think that evoke that's what that's what we're trying to do. We, you know, it, yeah. it, it's funny people ask me um, so do you, and I'm sure you get the same question all the time. So are you switching tunes? Anything new? You got to put into the dominating this year. Right. And, and, and for, for every for every one person who wants a new tune, there are 12 who will shoot you. If you, God forbid, change one little thing. Correct. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, if I don't do this in the or this Bahamamidim, I won't get served lunch when I get home. It's like it's not even funny. So, uh, well, that's uh, that says it all. Tradition plays a very important part in all this. <laughs> it really is unbelievable and you know and i and i look as somebody who's studied this you know officially and unofficially for many years i know i get asked a lot of questions and sometimes like i even recoil at the at the premise of the question like is this a, a good song to do during kedusha and rosh Hashanah? i go whoa 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 you can't sing songs during kedusha and rosh Hashanah. <laughs> oh gosh oh gosh and you know people are gonna be doing it all over the world <laughs> um correct but you know baruch hashem less and less i think that yeah. the legacy of uh the bell school and chazen Goffin has uh you know as a champion of let's call it you know traditional yeah. you know in the, in, the, in, the, in the in the best way to, to say it nusach um, has has played a large role, thank God, in maybe our return to paying attention to um, you know some of these these tunes that have been around you know thousands of years. So it's well, Mark, really... well, Mark, I can't thank you enough. Everybody, make sure to be tuned in on Sunday. It's the era of Yom Tov, best way to prepare for Rosh Hashanah music mix. Uh, you'll have an incredible uh, an incredible number of selections, an incredible uh, array of selections, as Mark just described. Uh, to get you going for Rosh Hashanah, that it's the best way, the absolute best way uh, to go into Yontif, whether you're in a car, running errands, uh, cooking in the kitchen, uh, at work, or wherever you might be on Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in to the Nachum Siegel Network and our Erev Yom Tov music mix. And today, of course, 10 o'clock Eastern time for yet another encore presentation of the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And I thank Mark for that as well. Thank you, Mark. We're going we're, we're gonna to do our best to do the next four shows, but, you know, with Yom Tov on uh, know. Monday and Tuesday, it does not make it easy. I know. It's uh, it, we, we appreciate your uh, uh, your incredible dedication to this. I can't thank you enough. And thanks for the anniversary wishes to all of us. And a, a wonderful, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you and the entire family. 
You too as well. What, what are you? Are you, are you Grandpa? Are you Xavier? Saba! Saba. I, okay. everyone, everyone asks me that question. I said, I've known this since I was born. I always wanted to be Saba. So. Right. I always wanted to be Papa. So there you right. go. It works out. Baruch Hashem, we've been able to realize this dream. Thank God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thanks so much, Mark. And I have a wonderful Shabbos and a great Yom Tov and Shana Tova Umituka. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Solomon Brothers, Machadodi. It's on their latest album. Our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, and we wish them a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Our friends at JewishWorldReview.com give everybody an opportunity to uh, print out uh, before Shabbos and Yom Tov, thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. You know, it's going to be, uh, there'll be a little bit of downtime. I know it's a long davening on uh, Monday and Tuesday, but still you may have a little bit of a time 
to read up on certain things that are important to you in our community, go to jewishworldreview.com, jewishworldreview.com, print them out, check out all the different articles, so much to do with Israel and the Jewish world, and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is executive vice, excuse me, Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. With us Fridays for the weekly update. This is the final weekly update of the year. How do you like that? Followed by Rabbi Yudin, who has a uh, lengthy, uh, comprehensive conversation regarding Rosh Hashanah that's coming up here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Malcolm, you there? Yep. Oh, there you go. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be with you. A pleasure to be with you. Uh, UN Week, we'll start with that. Um, I know you always take advantage, uh, rightfully so, and uh, to the, um, uh, to the uh, really often for, with positive results for our community, of the uh, government officials that are in New York from around the world during this UN week, United Nations General Assembly. Could you give us a perspective on some of the meetings you've had this week with world leaders? Uh, I'd be happy to, although... Like everyone else, I suffered from their presence here in New York and had to walk uh, many miles, so it probably was good for my health, but <laughs> very, very bad for the timing. And um, glad to see that um, most of them have left already and the streets are beginning to open up. So um, we met, obviously, with the Prime Minister of Israel, who came for two days. He went back because his son is getting married today, wow. and he had a rush back. So right after his speech, he, he left. Uh, he he had a number of bilateral meetings, including with uh, with Erdogan, the president. Only came for a day, and did not have any bilateral meetings, uh, except for I think Prime Minister Truss from Great Britain, who was brand new. And um, other than that, I don't believe he had any others. He did do a reception for the visiting dignitaries. The uh, w- we did meet with. Uh, quite a number of the leaders from South America, from Asia, from the Arab world in particular. And I have to tell you about last night, there was a reception for the foreign minister of the UAE hosted by the uh, um, mission, their mission to the United Nations. And they had a kosher table there. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now, I know people may think it's not a big deal. I mean, kosher food in New York. But if you think about it, that an internal event where 99% of the people were other dignitaries, Muslim leaders of all kinds, and and they had a whole table of kosher food and with a, a, a sign from about Ashkacha, uh, the supervision. Unbelievable. And, and it is. It is a sign of... of a remarkable sign of, of courtesy. I don't think anybody ate from the kosher table. Uh, they, in fact, had it in the boxes there because I think the staff didn't think that they should uh, open it up. Um, but the gesture, I think, is very significant, uh, along with other things that happened during the week. I met the foreign minister of Egypt. I met with the uh, leaders of, from from. Uh, uh, maybe five or six of the Muslim countries, uh, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan. Uh, we we read Bahrain, uh, eat, uh, as I mentioned, Egypt, Jordan, uh, others that were uh, very productive because here you have a one-on-one discussion. Many of them, most of these last <coughs> more than an hour. 
and and they're taken very seriously. We we go in depth in the issues, and you're able to, you know, to hear where people really are coming from, not the sound bites that you get on on television, uh, and the change in atmosphere, the, the prospects that people see for the future relationships in the region uh, is uh, is very positive. All right, so that, 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 that Iran is the dominant issue in most of our conversations. Atmosphere is really the the crux of this entire topic. Uh, the UAE uh, gestures you just mentioned, boy, does that tell us something about atmosphere? But in general, you know, you and I have spoken during UN Week over the last few years, and, and there's always a different type of atmosphere. There's an atmosphere when the Prime Minister of Israel speaks, and when he comes with an important message. I don't know if this year one can classify what the Prime Minister had to say as an important message, but in past years we've had that, and a lot of people, including the media, focused on that. Uh, there's also been um, uh, episodes where um, uh, where we've discussed the possibility of the PA lobbying for statehood and if that atmosphere, you know, was the right or whatever word you want to use, atmosphere for it at that time. Describe the atmosphere. I mean, the UAE thing is wonderful. I get it. But is it all about Iran now? And when, when, when world leaders are gathering in New York City in September of 2022, is it all about Iran right now? Well, I wouldn't say all, but I would say that <clears throat> that is still the prime issue and an undercurrent of every discussion. And there's a lot of concern, in the, especially amongst Middle Eastern countries, uh, that there is still a deal on the table. Uh, obviously, the administration wants to put it off until after the <clears throat> November mid-year elections. And that clearly is going to happen. But not that the deal is dead. So far, the United States has not conceded on some of the key points that the Iranians are pressing, including a guarantee that any future administration will not make changes and will, will have to honor the deal as this administration negotiated it. The, uh, also about the recognition of the IRGC um, as a foreign terrorist organization. But I think that that has um, been diminished because the administration has indicated, uh, or the negotiators, that many of the IRGC companies would be taken off the sanctions list. So in effect, you get they get the relief without actually getting the recognition of um, IRGC, but I don't think that that is as important to them. Um, and there are other conditions, you know, the IEA's inspection rights and so far, the International Atomic Energy Agency has been holding a hard line, and I think it's thanks to the head, Grassi, uh, about the right for inspections and, and uh, these are things that the uh, Iranians say to reject. And a lot depends on what the Russians want Iran to do. And the latest reports were that the Russians are now moving more in favor of a deal because the concessions would better fit their um, tactic for bypassing the sanctions via Iran. But that's still unclear. It was Russia that pressed them not to accept the deal uh, in the recent weeks. Also, the internal situation in Iran is going to dictate a lot. We have massive demonstrations going on, yeah. triggered by the murder of the woman, but uh, not exclusively related to that. This is something that's been building up and pent up, and today will be the critical day. Many people have been killed already in the demonstrations, but today, Friday, and usually later in the day, the later part or the latter part of the day is really by pro-government forces and uh, elements, which the government forces people, employees of the state, which is a large percentage of the people, uh, are forced to come out and demonstrate for the government, 
and we expect uh, to see more clashes with the Basiji and, and the militias uh, against the, the, the anti-government demonstrators. But the numbers are large. More than 200 cities saw demonstrations already, and it, and it is growing. And it's not to be dismissed, and that obviously will have an impact on all the issues or their foreign affairs and policies uh, will stay the same. But the ability to, to to address it, the economic conditions are clearly terrible there, and uh, <clears throat> as are uh, the, the availability, food products, medicines, other things, not because of the sanctions, but because the government is so corrupt and, and all of the money and huge monies that inflowed because of the rise in oil income. So we're at the, but amongst the other issues, obviously the, you know, Palestine issue comes up, but it's more pro forma than it is um, uh, seen as a, a priority. Obviously, the comments of the prime minister saying, calling for a two-state solution, put a renewed focus on it. And I think it's going to be more interesting to see what the domestic Israeli reaction is to that, uh, given the election coming up. And obviously, the opposition is jumping on it right away. Um, but we'll have to see what what the, what impact that has. The leaders we met with were impressed by other parts of the speech, the tone and the the um, uh, content. He was very strong on on Iran, uh, but it's a very different than the tone and and the nature of the speeches that we saw from Netanyahu over the years at the uh, in the UN platform. So uh, I, I think that um, the overall situation that we've discussed, like South America, only gets reinforced by our discussions to see the expanding role of China, the expanding role of Russia, the role of the Ukrainian-Russian issue is central to, to almost all the discussions and the implications of what it will mean for energy, for Europe, for others, uh, other countries, the um, alternative supplies, a lot of which put Israel in the central light. And the, the desire expressed by many to expand the circle beyond the Abraham Accord countries to much broader basis for uh, relationships and building ties. Do you think this and, week and moved that together. along? Do you think this week moved that along? I do. Based on my discussions, yes. And and those will be formal ties. Those will be similar to what the UAE has done. It may not be uh, parallel to what was done by the Abraham Accord countries, meaning full diplomatic relations, but right. relations. And that will come. I mean, I think it's not a, a litmus test as whether you exchange ambassadors as much as if you exchange businessmen. And you yeah, and you, you see now UAE people. There was a delegation from Indonesia of ten people, important businessmen in Israel. Those things are really very significant and and perhaps more groundbreaking until you get to the point where diplomatic relations are feasible. See, that's why. And again, obviously, personal politics plays a role in, in all these statements. But trying to be objective for a moment, or at least more objective than usual. That's why it is, to me, unusual that the Prime Minister of Israel went ahead and emphasized this issue of the two-state solution the way he did. I mean, I know that he did mention that you know they would only agree to a two-state solution if the other state would be peaceful. I get that. But uh, it, it just – when one looks at the direction – of how to make peace and how to, you know, how to um, have reliable peace partners, I would have to assume that since the last time a two-state solution was really popular, I would have to assume that it has waned in popularity because of the Abraham Accords and because of the, uh, you know, c complete 
um, uh, lack of desire on the part of the PA to you know be in negotiations with Israel. He, it, it sort of sounded to me like you know back to the future. He, he's living in the past, and you alluded to it that people in Israel now you know they're going to be this will be one of the issues that they you know take with them to the polls, and I would have to assume that they'll be much strong, much more strongly against it now than they would have been 10 or 15 years ago. So I think that um, th- th- there are various dynamics that are involved in this, <clears throat> and I think it'll take time to see how it plays out. But remember the constituency to which he is playing. He's not trying to get Likud voters. He he needs to shore up his, his center and left, and this obviously is an appealing um, uh, cause for the for that. The I think the majority of people in most of the polls show that they would accept uh, um, or would like to see negotiations or some movement towards these people are tired of the violence and stuff. But I think most are skeptical about a two state solution at this point because nobody really defines it yet what it will mean and how it, it could be implemented. Uh, especially when you have a, a partner that doesn't want to talk. And I, so in, in some will say that diplomatically this puts the onus on, on them and shifts right. it. But the bottom line is Israel will always be held to account and you don't see a change. You don't hear condemnations of the commission of inquiry. Even the prime minister, by the way, didn't condemn it in his remarks, uh, which is really a very serious uh, potential threat for Israel um, given that they have almost unlimited budget, almost uh, unlimited mandate and, and a staff and time to do nothing but prosecute Israel, along with the other commissions at the United Nations. And I think the um, uh, so in, in Israel, how this will play out will depend upon who, who you see as the target for his audience. So I think he's, he's looking more to get votes from Gantz voters or from others in this um, put him in as a, a quote diplomat, and maybe um, will uh, shore up his uh, his appeal to this center and center left. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I, I I just uh, it sounds the way you're 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 saying it. It sounds like you really don't believe this is the way to get to the center. That this is not the way to attract centrist voters. But maybe I'm just reading into it. Well, you have to stand out, and when you have a crowded field like this, when you have you know one vote two. Uh, man, one or two mandates separating the parties, you know, they, they struggle over small percentages because right, most people right. are locked in on who they want to vote for right, by now right. in Israel, you know, and so the shift is, is uh, just for a small percentage. The same thing with Democrats and Republicans in the U S the bulk of their voters are going to vote for one party or the other and have made up their mind. Either the only thing option they have is to stay home and not vote. Right. But so you're always fighting over a very small percentage of the total vote. Are you going to be in Israel uh, election day, or you haven't decided yet? Well, I can't vote anyway. But I, no, I I'm just curious. I'm going to be in Israel before, but <laughs> I generally stay away because the, everything you say, if you blink the wrong way, everybody interprets it somehow. No, I was just curious because there is something about that energy seven to ten days before the election that I think is un, unmatched anywhere. Although now it being the fourth, fifth, or sixth election in, in two years, maybe it'll be different this time around. Yeah, I'll be there within ten days before the election, but... Election Day itself, I hope not. Yeah. And do you agree with me that that enthusiasm or the... It's amazing how, how, how people get involved and everywhere you look, you see the signs, and the posters. But do you and, think the rhetoric will be toned down? Or will it be less interest because there have been so many elections recently or that doesn't happen at the last minute? No. No, this It'll one be just as strong. will be 
well, I think it would be stronger in the sense that you're you have multiple can right. multiple parties vying in uh, in within the same realm, and you know I think the rhetoric between the parties is going to get very hot. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. What do you make of the uh, the declaration by Vladimir Putin to uh, start a partial military call-up, essentially a draft, as his next move in the war with Ukraine? Look, I think the whole situation there is, uh, and I've talked to people in Russia and people who are obviously very experts on it, uh, I'm not, I can't uh, decipher uh, the enigma of Russia um, and what exactly he's doing. He plays it very close to the chest. Why he would announce it, because till now he's pl- tried to play it very quiet, and they've been drafting people from uh, not from Moscow or Leningrad, not from the big cities, but from outside where it may not be felt as hard. But it's clear that he's desperate for troops. And the people are not volunteering. And in fact, if you see the mass exodus of people from Russia because they don't want to serve and uh, and willingly go in front of press and others and say it, uh, the you know there is a crackdown domestically as well against opposition. Uh, this is not a popular thing, a popular war. It was in the beginning, I think, much more so and more appealed to nationalistic fervor. This is, I think, beyond that point. People are beginning to find that their sons are not coming home. Uh, I don't think that most families know that their kids are not going to return because, as you know, many of the bodies are burned and not reported. Uh, and the numbers are in the tens of thousands of soldiers lost by the Russians in, in the Ukraine uh, war. So it's uh, it, it hasn't played out, let's say, in the availability of goods in Moscow, Leningrad, and other cities, it may in more rural areas. Uh, the um, inflation obviously impacts that as well, but they've had a lot of oil income, and generally food and other things are available. So you have, uh, you know, till f- people feel the uh, impact directly in terms of their own lifestyles, and that, that I think is beginning to happen. You're seeing the opposition growing, and you know, a, a failure in this war now with all of the they've invested, and it's not just calling up manpower. You have to have equipment that works. You have to really have the tactics that can withstand the the uh, charges that that the Ukrainian army are making against the areas held by uh, Russia. So it's a shifting situation. You also have to know that uh, that there are superpowers that are willing to fund this thing. It seems you know almost. Uh you know, without end, uh, the U S quite inv- remarkable, right. At a time when, when some of those superpowers or most of them are facing real economic uh, problems. I have to say the European leaders we met with were very optimistic about their, the availability of, uh, energy for the year, for this winter. Uh, many of them said they did not think that there was going to be a problem. Many made arrangements in advance. They have to pay for it more, but they seem to be, uh, much more confident than we had anticipated. We thought this would become a major leverage point, and Russia, you know, is willing to pay the price to shut off the oil, and it means that that income. But you have to think that after the war, 
once countries become independent, they're not going to rush back to buy <clears throat> oil and gas from uh, from Russia. Yeah, I hear that. This draft conversation has reopened, or I should say reignited, the uh, conversation about Putin going nuclear. And that's a scary thought, whether it's this time of year or not. Obviously, things are more sensitive this time of year because we think of uh, this, this is the time of year where we think of our own mortality. Uh, but this is just the fact that it's, again, you know, a hot topic, so to speak, is pretty scary. What do you think of the more likelihood now that he would make a move like that after what happened this week? I do not believe that he would uh, actually resort to using a nuclear weapon that will cross every red line. It will certainly mobilize in Europe and much of the world. Uh, remember, half the countries of the world haven't even taken a stand on this yet. Uh, and uh, while they only focus on Israel, which has been very supportive and done a great deal, um, they, they, most of the countries have not taken even a stand. Any, and the, the issue of the nuclear power was because he, nuclear threat, it's because he raised it very specifically. And I think that this is, um, you know, going to mobilize the opposition to him in, in the West much more. It's, it's not a smart tactic at the very least. Uh, what do you think of the 60 Minutes uh, conversation where Raisi, uh, leader of Iran, was asked if he believed that the Holocaust happened? He uh, did not have a direct answer to that question. Well, he had a, 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 there is an answer within the answer. The very fact that he doesn't say explicitly, he does say that there's evidence that something happened, but it would have to be studied. I mean, after, 80 years after the Holocaust, if he's not convinced that the, it really happened, and and the Holocaust denial is commonplace. There's in fact the cartoon contest again being organized now, as we speak in 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 Tehran, where they invite people to send in cartoons about the Holocaust in particular, uh, where they mock it and they deny it. A Holocaust denial is widespread, and I, I've had an interesting occasion to talk to some uh, diplomats this week from the Muslim world. And they talked about the fact that, you know, it had been commonplace for people to to deny the Holocaust took place or that it was a manipulation, that maybe something happened, but it was. And now the facing the reality, when you saw the picture of the foreign minister of the UAE bowing his head at Yad Vashem, and as I said, I met him last night, and he is not given to those kind of grand gestures. And they talked about the personal impact on them people were with him, uh, of the visit to Yad Vashem, above all the else they did in Israel. They really felt that, that and that was publicized widely. It was broadcast to, to the country. Now Holocaust education is being introduced to many of those countries uh, where it had become a given that Holocaust denial exists. And Iran continues to promulgate the Holocaust denial themes, especially on the Internet and through a wide variety of their of their web the websites the hateful websites that they create you know malcolm and again it's uh, being almost our rosh hashanah maybe it makes me think more like this but with all the all the problems and all the difficulties and so many of them we get a chance to discuss each week and 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 the hatred and the uh, you know holocaust denials you just said and the anti-semitic episodes i mean you know we're going into rosh hashanah we have to be vigilant everybody needs to be vigilant about jewish institutions and obviously especially our synagogues as we get set uh, to start the new year on Sunday night, and uh, with a big shout-out to the NYPD and all those across this country that try their hardest to protect all citizens and pay special attention 
during the high holidays to our community. And, and with all these problems and uh, everything that's going on, there's, there's just an air, an atmosphere of some type of recognition of Israel that's going on that seems to be uh, you know, moving forward, as you described, throughout the world. And uh, I guess because of social media and the immediacy of things, you know, a lot more people recognizing uh, the greatness of our tradition and our heritage. You know, it's funny. We spend so much time talking about the difficulties and the dangers that are facing our worldwide community. Sometimes you have to just look back, especially on a day like today before Rosh Hashanah, look back and see the direction that God is taking the world in. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. As you know, I've I've raised this theme many times and start off with the positive. I mean, we shouldn't take it for granted. I just saw a study that showed a survey of, of newspapers at 75 United States colleges. Only 17% of almost 1,500 articles published about Israel were positive. They are overwhelmingly negative and hostile, and they're silent on anti-Semitism and discrimination against Jews. And we're talking about what influences uh, the next generation and the means that we still need uh, to do a great deal here to fight the rising and continue rise of anti-Semitism, the hostile elements in, in, with Iran and many others uh, behind it, uh, and, and Hezbollah now on Israel's borders, as we saw in Syria and Lebanon. The, the, the threats are there, and so in our Tfilot, we have to be to recognize the good and the a lot of positive that um, is positive developments of the past year, and that we can look forward to with hopefully with confidence. But there's got to be greater vigilance, not only in security of our institutions and individuals, but the trends that are are current, uh, which are very troubling, and to see the growing acceptance in many circles of increasing levels of anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric and comments, and also the rising uh, tone of, of opposition, the acceptance of the IRA definition, the other measures that are, are being taken. So it's a balance, and it's every year a balance, you know, that we open up uh, the books on both sides and, and assess, and then people have to assess what is their responsibility, how do they play a role um, to to act against the things, how do we support the people in Iran now who, with their protests, and, and you hear almost no background noise uh, and and all these human rights and other groups standing up for the women in Iran who are doing extremely courageous things and for others. So the hypocrisy is just so blatant and the double standards are so rampant uh, that it's not a time for us to sit back. Uh, it, we, it is essential to recognize the progress because that encourages people to do more because there's much more we can accomplish. But the need is even greater. It seems like the bad stuff and the good stuff are both moving forward like rapid fire. That may be the difference right. <laughs> right. today. They're both, I mean, they, they, they talk about you know going viral. Uh, the bad stuff's going viral regularly, and the good stuff, thank God, is going viral regularly, and it's sometimes hard to uh, keep up with either one, frankly. But uh, hopefully in the new year we'll be able to. I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, sweet new year. We should uh, continue. You know, I'm doing this now um, uh, Era of Rosh Hashanah is my 39th anniversary, and you have been part of this for the majority of these years. So I thank you for that and wish you and your entire family a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And to you and yours and a healthy year. And to thank all the people who stop me and say that they listen, 
which is why we we bothered to do this uh, early on a Friday morning, <laughs> and that it's as a service. And we hope, please, talk to your kids over Shabbos. Talk about these issues. Don't take for granted. They don't know, and they have to hear. They have to hear the good and the bad, and tell them about the, the things we discuss and, and read so that you can, um, and Jewish World Review and many other great sources. We have great publications now that are reliable in our community. People should take advantage of them and really make sure that our kids understand what the world, what's really happening in the world. Yeah, 100%. Thanks so much for a wonderful Shabbos and a great Yom Tov. Shabbos and a good year. And uh, a good year, and we hope to speak again next week. Uh, Erev Shabbos Shuva here at JMNAM. Our first uh, JMNAM of the year will be Wednesday on Som Gedalia, and our first weekly update of the year will, please God, be uh, next Friday right here at JM the AM. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody, and whoa. We will be nether talk not only about, a little bit about Parshas Nitzavim, which is the Kriyas Torah of the Shabbos. So let's begin as we usually do, that tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Nitzavim. But because of the proximity of the calendar, that this coming Sunday night is the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, please God, this forthcoming Monday, Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday, we will do focus on Rosh Hashanah and both review some of the basic laws as well as some of the key machshava for uh, Rosh Hashanah. So to begin with, in this week's parsha, according to the Chinuch, there are no of the mitzvos of the Tariag. None of the 613 mitzvos are. However, you do find in this week's Parsha of Nitzavim, Parsha Perik Lamid, the Torah has what is known as the Parsha of Tshuva, whereby the Torah promises us, as the Rambam writes in chapter 7 of Hilchos Tshuva, the Rambam writes in Halacha Hey, a very beautiful idea, Kvorhetifa Torah. Torah promises us strong word that Asidin Yisrael in the future the Jewish people are going to Lasso's Tshuva Besovka Lusan at the end of the exile Umiyati Negolim and then they're going to be redeemed Shenemar and he quotes our parsha the beginning of chapter 30, you will turn to Hashem Elokecha, Hashem will return your captivity to Eretz Yisrael, and we hope and pray that many of the ingredients found in chapter 30 of Parshas Nitzavim have begun to be fulfilled and actualize in our day. If so, wow. Now, let's get to Parshas, excuse me, let's get to Rosh Hashanah. The first thing you should realize is 
that Rosh Hashanah from the Torah is so different than all the other holidays. When it comes to Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, by reading the Torah, I know exactly what transpired. I know not only that I have to eat matzah, why I eat matzah, that we were rushed out of Egypt, that we all experienced revelation at Sinai, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu housed us in Sukkos during our 40-year stay in the desert. All this is very clear from the Torah. Number one, my friends, the Torah does not use the term Rosh Hashanah. Number two, the Torah does not tell us that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. All this is part of our Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral law. And not only that, even as we'll talk about in a few moments, the mitzvah of Shofar, so the Torah does not say explicitly to blow a Shofar on Rosh Hashanah. That we learn out from the various psukim in the Torah that we blow a shofar on the Yom Kippur of the Oval year, which is in the seventh month, and the rabbis therefore learn with Xerah Shava that all blowings of the seventh month, including Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of the seventh month, should be with a shofar. It is, as we say on the first night, of Rosh Hashanah, quoting the Pasuk from Tehillim, Bakesa Liyom Chagenu, that the holiday itself is hidden. The nature of Rosh Hashanah is actually hidden in the Torah. Going chronologically, let's understand that starting this, well, even before that, thank you, we have the practice in many communities that we have on the morning of Erev Rosh Hashanah, the Hatoras Nedorim, whereby the individual stands in front of three men who are sitting as a Bezdin and recites the formula asking for the annulment of vows that a person might have uh, erroneously taken a practice upon themselves without saying Bli Neder, and after three times the practice becomes a Neder, and then if he stops he has violated the Neder, or a person made a commitment and unfortunately did not follow through on this commitment. So we don't go into Rosh Hashanah, don't want to, with the sin of, um, of violating our Nidorim, and therefore we have the practice of HaTorah's Nidorim prior to Rosh Hashanah. If one is not able to do it on this Sunday, we can do it till and Erev Yom Kippur. This year, if you have not yet written a prosbol, I don't want to go into that, but that has to do with Shemitah's Ksafim, which means that loans that a Jew has extended to another, or if one owes bills and they have become like a loan, 
in the sense that has not yet been paid, one is two. The one who lent the money, the one to whom money is owned, fills out a prusbal whereby the loan is halachically transferred to a bezdin so that the lender will be able to collect the money after this Rosh Hashanah next year because a prusbal has been written. Sunday is your last chance to write a prusbal. Okay, starting Sunday evening, we make changes in our prayers, in the Shemona Esrei. So, we add through Ne'ilah of Yom Kippur, we add in the first bracha of Avos, Zochreinu Lachayim, Hashem should remember us for life, Melech Chofetz Pachayim, a king who wants life, Bezochreinu and remember us, Besefer Achayim, in the book of life, why? Why do we want life? For your sake. Meaning, Hashem, give us the opportunity to serve you. Very, very important factor whereby we're not just looking for life, we're looking for meaningful life. Before the conclusion of the second bracha, we have the addition of Micha Mocha, and instead, and most important, of the third bracha, as we end it all year long, bracha to Hashem, or keil hakodosh, we now change the text of that bracha to bracha to Hashem hamelech hakodosh. That change is so significant that if one, unfortunately, did not change the text of the bracha, and he realizes when he's further in the Shemona Esrei that during these ten days, a service he starting with the night of Rosh Hashanah, if he did not change the text to Amelech, he has to go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei. The first three brachos are a single unit. And this change is so significant, the concept of HaMelech, whereby, as we'll see, it's not only the theme of Rosh Hashanah, coronating Hashem, but accepting His kingship upon us. In the weekday Shemona Esrei of the bracha of HaMelech, Oheb Tzedakah Umishpat, we conclude that bracha of Hamelech Hamishpat. There are at the end of the Shemona Esrei two other additions, namely Uchsov Lachayim Tovim in the bracha of Atov Shemcha at the end of Modim, and finally we add the paragraph of Besefer Achayim. Good. There's a change in the Kaddish as well, and that is that we add, or the word le'ela is repeated, le'ela u'le'ela. Okay, now, the uh, regarding Erev Rosh Hashanah, we've been saying slichos for uh, Ashkenazim 
for uh, this past starting this past Mutzah Shabbos because you need at least four days Sfardim from the Rosh uh, Chodesh Elul the Slichos for Erev Rosh Hashanah is long whether you go and say it one o'clock in the morning or you say it early in the morning it's a long important Slichos getting us in the frame of mind preparing us cleansing us for Rosh Hashanah. Okay, now, halachically, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are one unit. They're called a single day, Yoma Arichta, one long day. Now, what does that mean? It means Chumrah and not lukula, for stricture and not for leniency. So just like any other Yom Tov, I can't prepare on one day Yom Tov for the next, so too on the afternoon of Rosh Hashanah. When I finish my meal, I can't set the table that on the first day on Monday for Monday night's meal. I can't prepare on one day Rosh Hashanah for the next. But since on the night of, first night of Rosh Hashanah, I said the Shechianu in my Kiddush, then on the second night of Shechianu, it's a question. So therefore, on the second night of Rosh Hashanah, this forthcoming Monday night, the Minog Yisrael is that at the Kiddush, I have either or a new fruit which I have not partaken of this season, or a new garment that I'm wearing at the time of Kiddush. And therefore the Shekhyonu, which there is a question, is it necessary or not, is not only going on the holiday, but it's also going on the new fruit or the new suit that the individual is wearing. After all is said and done, if one does not have the new fruit, they can still recite the bracha of Shechianu on Monday night. Let's go back now to Sunday night. The Minog Yisrael for Sunday night is as follows. You come home from Shul and you make Kiddush. And you say Shechianu as part of the Kiddush. Now, you go to the sink, you wash on the tilas yadayim. You come to the table and you recite hamotzi. Some have the custom of, well, salt should be on the table, not using the salt, but dipping the challah into honey. But then comes something which is most startling. We know the rules. Once you make a hamotzi, that covers all the foods that come in the meal. And yet, this coming Sunday night, after we make hamotzi, the first thing we're going to eat is an apple, and we're going to make a bore pri or eights over the apple, even though we've just made hamotzi. And the reason for this, my friends, is because the eating of this apple is not because I enjoy the fruit. That could very well be but I'm eating the apple as a ceremonial. 
if you look in Rashi, and Rashi tells us that when Yitzchak, thinking it was Esav, smells the garment that Yaakov is wearing, and he says, Re'ei re'ach b'ni, behold, the scent of my son, S-C-E-N-T, the smell, is k'reach sodeh, asheh bercho Hashem, Rashi brings on the spot, the apple orchard, reminds us of olam haba, the world to come, and our rabbis teach us that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment, not just for the living, but for the deceased as well. It's a ceremonial teaching us that, this apple, and therefore we make a bracha on the apple. The proper way would be, I make a bracha bori prior eights, I then take a small bite of the apple. After I swallow, I dip the apple in the honey, and then I say the prayer, Yehi Ratzon, may it be God's will, that Shetzachadish Oleinu, He should renew for us Shana Tova Umesuka, a good, sweet year. Okay, there is, as you find in the Machzor, the various simonim, whereby the Talmud tells us that eating of various fruits and vegetables on the night of Rosh Hashanah, accompanied by the prayer that these fruits should cause that our enemies should be destroyed. The seeds of the pomegranate that we eat should symbolize that our zuchuyos, our merits, should be increased as there are the many seeds. So all these different simonim, all these different signs are a kind of personal connection that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And just as the Bnei Yisachar says, that Yaakov Avinu gave the Simonim signs to Rachel in order that she should not, he would not be given if Lavan tried to trick him, give him Leah. So Rachel, as we know in her incredible desire not to embarrass her sister, gives over these Simonim, but Simonim could be a wink. Simonim could be something of a most personal nature. Think we're starting Rosh Hashanah with a simon between ourselves and God, demonstrating our closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That takes place, the different simonim, accompanied by the various prayers on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. Okay. We now come to Monday morning, Emir Hashem. We add Avinu Alkenu at the end of Shacharis. Many people start Shacharis earlier on Rosh Hashanah because of the length of the davening. And we now have the Kriya Torah, the first day of Rosh Hashanah, is the birth of Yitzchak, amazing. We start the year 
by reminding ourselves the miraculous arrival of Yitzchak, that our very foundation of the Jewish people was founded on a miracle of our matriarch Sarah giving birth at the age of 90, Avram fathering Yitzchak at the age of 100, and on the second day, Rosh Hashanah, we read the Akedah, the willingness of Avram to give literally his most precious possession, if need be, even his child, for the honor of Hashem. Okay, let's go now to, right before Musaf, we begin the unique biblical mitzvah for Rosh Hashanah, which is the blowing of the shofar. The Torah doesn't tell us why we blow the shofar. However, there are different reasons for it, and Rapsajagaon, and in the Art Scroll Machsor, it's actually printed ten different possibilities as to why we're blowing the shofar, to remember not only the revelation at Sinai accompanied by the shofar, and please God, the future coming of Moshiach, which will be heralded by the shofar. The shofar is the coronation of Hashem. And that is a very significant theme which runs through Rosh Hashanah as well as the ten days of Tshuva, HaMelech HaKadosh, emphasizing the kingship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, the laws of Shofar are very great. I'm just going to say that we blow 30 sounds before the Shemona Esrei, 30 sounds, the Sephardim blow the next 30 during the silent Shemona Esrei, 10 sounds after Malchios, 10 sounds after Zechronos, 10 sounds after Shofros, and 40 more sounds at the end of the davening for a total of 100 sounds. Who's obligated in Shofar? From the letter of the law, only the men, because it is a positive mitzvah governed by time, like tefillin, like uh, uh, sitting in a sukkah, like taking the esrog and lulav. From the letter of the law, women are exempt. However, the women's bubbies and their bubbies, all the way back, took it upon themselves almost like an obligatory oblig- obligation, and therefore many, many women come to shul. And if a woman cannot come to shul, in the Ashkenazic community, she can recite a bracha when the shofar is being blown for her at home. The Svardim women will not recite a bracha, but they will have as well the shofar blown for the women at home. Many shuls accommodate the women and have special blowing of the shofar at different times later on 
in the day of Rosh Hashanah to make sure that if women were home taking care of the children, they'll have the opportunity later on to hear the shofar. If one knows that they or a relative of theirs will not be able to be in shul on Rosh Hashanah, call. There's still time today, Erev Shabbos. There's still time on Sunday, but do it today. Call your local Orthodox Rav. Tell him you need shofar blown at home, and hopefully he'll be able to provide that for you in your home. We go now to the Musaf Shmona Esrei of Rosh Hashanah, which is the longest Shmona Esrei of the year. What makes it so is that we add three sections to this Musaf Shmona Esrei, and they are the section of Malchios, the section of Zechronos, the section of Shofros. Malchios from the word Melech, declaring God's kingship. The second theme is Zechronos, that Hashem remembers all, and as a result, He judges on this day. And finally, Shofros, the Shofar at Sinai, the Shofar at Moshiach, God's revelation to man. Now, when you are davening in shul, and you have a stool in your silent Shmona Esrei, and the Chazan is beginning the repetition, let the Chazan do him, his, you do yours, continue your Shmona Esrei until you finish it. Okay? Now, be aware that Rosh Hashanah is a solemn day. Because it is a day of judgment, we do not say Hallel on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, as they are days of judgment. There is a minhag, custom, to recite Tashlich, literally the verse from the prophet that we ask God to Tashlich Bimsulos Yom, throw into the depths of the sea our sins. One should not take crumbs and throw them into the flowing body of water on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because one is not permitted to feed animals which don't belong to them. Your pet you have to feed before you eat your meal. Yes, but here, the fish in the respective places where you are going to recite Tashlich do not need your crumbs. They somehow manage without you 363 days of the year without you, so don't throw the crumbs in. Okay? And uh, so that's Tashlich. If one cannot go for whatever the reason for Tashlich on Rosh Hashanah, one could say Tashlich till and through Hoshana Rabbah. So you can drive during the week, drive on Hoshana Rabbah, 
to the flowing body of water and recite uh, Tashlich uh, at that time. Okay, this was not meant to be a thorough and complete, just a basic review of the laws. Let's end with one fascinating, interesting law. And that is as follows. On the one hand, Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. And the Sefer HaChinuch, when he talks about Rosh Hashanah, says, how important is Rosh Hashanah? This is the day that keeps the world going. How so? Because Hashem does and gives us the opportunity once a year to stop, look, and listen, and to focus on our shortcomings, to focus on our sins, to do tshuva. And that way, listen carefully, our sins don't accumulate. Because if we didn't have a Rosh Hashanah, and they would accumulate over the years, it would come a point that the world could not exist because of the accumulation of sin. So Rosh Hashanah is a very important day, writes the Chinuch, for the perpetuation and continuity of the world. Good. So on the one hand, we are being judged. So the tour, Shulchan Aruch, quotes the following Reb Chanina and Reb Yoshua taught, which nation can compare to Israel? Because all other people, if they are on trial for their life, they're not going to wash, bathe, take shaves and haircuts, dress nicely, cut their nails, because they don't know if they are going to live or die if they're on trial for their life. But Yisrael, says the tour, ain't okay. We dress Yom Tov Dik, not as flashy as other holidays, but we definitely wear Yom Tov clothing. Those who shave do so before Rosh Hashanah, cut our nails, bathe. Why? Because we are confident that God is going to do for us a miracle and we're going to be inscribed for a good year. Now wait a second. On the one hand, each individual is to be nervous. Why? What's Your life is in the balance. Just because we were given life for this year doesn't mean we will be given life for next year. Okay? However, the community is guaranteed. Am Yisrael will always survive. And therefore, says the altar of Kelm, what should a person do on Rosh Hashanah? Resolve to be a klal mensch, a person that the community needs. I teach the community. I do kindness with the community. I help the community. I'm part of the community. If the community needs me, then God will look upon each individual, not only as an individual, but rather 
as an important part of the community. I take this opportunity of wishing Nachum and his family, and indeed the entire family of JM in the AM, I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a It should be a good year, a year of health for all of Klai Yisrael, a year of shalom for all of Klai Yisrael, a year of lamancha elokim chayim, that all the blessings that Hashem gives us should be for the purpose of helping us get closer to Hashem. Shabbat Shalom and Hashana Tova to all. JM in the AM, my thanks to Rabbi Yudin, and of course to Rabbi Yudin and his entire family and to all of our amazing staff and the wonderful people who make this show and this network uh, possible. A happy, healthy, and sweet new year to all of our incredible listeners and supporters especially those who supported us both financially and otherwise uh, after the uh, March 27th fire. I want to say thank you, and I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. We should have a wonderful 5783. All the difficulties of 5782 should wane away, and all the blessings of 5783 should start immediately when the year begins this coming Sunday night. Our next JMN broadcast is Wednesday Tzom Gedalia. Keep in mind, Mark Zamek has an incredible Erev Shabbos show coming up at 10 o'clock right after Naomi. Uh, with uh, Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem with an incredible array of selections for this week. And then Sunday, an incredible Erev Yom Tov music mix. There is no better way than to um, listen to NSN in order to enhance your Erev Yom Tov. Matis will be on between 7 and 9 with JM Sunday on Sunday morning and then an Erev Shabbos music mix curated by our incredible music director, Mark Zamek. Uh, again, if you're in the car, running errands, going shopping, at work, uh, in the kitchen, wherever you are on Sunday, make sure we are on so you have the proper atmosphere and a wonderful, inspiring way to go into the brand new year. Naomi Nachman is with us live via telephone, the Aussie chef, the Aussie gourmet, host of uh, Table for Two this morning. A brand new table for two program features some of our favorite guests. Naomi Nachman, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachman. Nice to be here and to talk to you. I appreciate that, and a happy, healthy, sweet new year to you and your entire family. I'm. Thank uh, you. It is wonderful to see a brand new season of Table for Two having taken off, and as usual, a great job. And uh, I know, you. I know, I know, you're looking forward to another great season, and we're all looking forward to another great season. You have, you have been. It, I, Go ahead. No, it's season 11. It's crazy. It is crazy. And you've been one of the stalwarts, one of the people that uh, that has been such a consistent part of our programming since we expanded to be a network uh, that many years ago. And I say thank you to you. And uh, the good shows and the new shows just keep on coming. I know this week you're featuring, in, in just a few minutes from now, just 15 minutes from now, you're featuring some of our favorite guests. Who do you have on this week, Naomi? I have the one and only Susie Fishbein. I can't believe it. I'm so excited that they finally put out the kosher palette in reprint. Thanks <laughs> to our friends at Art Scroll as well. <laughs> and Sandra Blank, they put that book out together more than 20 years ago. And we got more things coming for you in the kosher world. Uh, so we'll talk about that um, with the new Art Scroll cookbook. But um, it's really exciting to have Susie and, and Sandra on the show. They're such legends, such inspiration to me and thousands, tens of thousands of women across the globe who have got their books as their staple. And when our daughters getting got married, 
we don't have a book to pass on to them. We have so many other wonderful cookbooks, but that one that got us all kick-started, the kosher palette put out by the uh, uh, Kushner School and that Susie and Sandra produced, and now I can get it for all my daughters. I'm yep. very excited about that. And, and it could be stain-free, and it could be without rips, and it could be without any bad folds. It could be a brand-new, fresh book, which is what they've got. Exactly. <laughs> so that's Mine be- looks terrible. If you're... <laughs> if you people watch on the Nakam Seagull Network ch- um, channel on YouTube, because we film our show as well, as we have an audio presentation as well, it's just the audio, so a visual and audio. And I bought to the studio, uh, which we actually filmed out in the Keiko office, because um, we tried to get everything to happen together. Um, it was a very busy day, and we brought the whole team together there. Um, and I bought my old book, was just a spiral. And it's not, got no cover. I don't know what happens to my kosher palette cover. And I showed them both the book, and it was crazy. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the new one looks a lot different than that. And Gabe Geller is going to join oh. you. You'll talk about kosher wine with Gabe Geller coming up. Uh, it's uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah, which means a lot of great wines out there. People are going to want to try for Rosh Hashanah and for Sukkot, and he'll join you also this uh, coming hour between 9 and 10 o'clock. He was, he's great. He's always got something new. It's always I'm always nervous to drink too much when he's on camera. You know, when he's, he comes in, you know, when he comes to do a show with me, right. because, you know, like, you don't really want to sit and spit, right? Understood. Like, that's, what the, that's what he can do. So I bet I have to drink it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, I finished the show. You're, 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 ma- you're, you're Mockbit. You want to make sure it's all get cons- gets consumed. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm Australian, so, yeah, you know, we and drink no- there. And nothing goes to waste. Uh, Naomi Nachman, today between 9 and 10, like uh, most Fridays, and it's wonderful that so many of those Fridays are uh, occupied in the 9 o'clock hour by Naomi's presentation. A lot of people around the world love it. And in addition to that, Naomi, your commitment to brand-new shows is amazing, so I thank you for that. And uh, it's it's incredible to see you going strong after all these seasons. So just keep it going, and a very happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you. Thank you, Sam, to you and all the listeners, and I can't wait to get on to season. Season 11 with great shows from across the globe. Yes, Bezrat Hashem, including hopefully our brand new studio at some point as well. Naomi Nachman, everybody. Aussie chef, Aussie gourmet, host of Table for Two. Every uh, Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, featuring uh, most weeks brand new and incredible programs with wonderful guests. Check it out. I know so many people over so many years enjoy it and our audience continue to do so every Friday at 9 o'clock more coming up you're listening to a Friday morning Erev Shabbos edition of JM the a reminder in New York candle lighting time at 631 631 make sure you know when things start where you are I want to take this opportunity to uh, extend a happy healthy and sweet new year to all of our great sponsors Right now, I want to recognize Seth Levitt and everybody at A&H. A&H always makes sure that every single day of the year, plus, of course, Shabbos and Yontif, we have delicious meat products on our table to serve to our families, things we can be really proud of, wonderful, delicious items. A big, big thank you to A&H, and a big, big thank you and a happy, healthy, and sweet new year to Seth Levitt and his entire staff. Uh, They have always recognized the beauty and inspiration of great radio programming, and I I'm proud to say they continue to do so. God bless them, and a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to them from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It is Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. It's JM in the AM.
Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, sweet new year. And of course, a good Shabbos. Uh, 6.31, candle lighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Wednesday, we're back. Matis is on Sunday. Avrami tomorrow night. 
And then, of course, the uh, Erev Yom Tov music mix all day long on Sunday. And Wednesday, we're back with JMNAM on some Gedalia morning. Make sure to join us. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JMNAM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Say good job Cause all your work is done Gonna spend a day Together with The Holy One Say a special blessing On a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AchimSigal.com. And AchimSigal.com. We're going to, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
Wraps up an amazing and incredible week here at JMM, and I thank all of you, and I wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. May 5783 be a blessed year in every positive manner for all of us. Bezrat Hashem. Um, and I want to thank all of our loyal listeners and supporters and all of our incredible staff members and all the people that have been with me for so long who have been uh, helping us build to this point. We should continue to build going forward. And um, a year of uh, happiness and health and nachas for everybody. We are back Wednesday with JM in the AM. Don't forget, we have great programming all day long, including Naomi Nachman next, then Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbat Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Wickler. JM Sunday with Matis, 7 a.m. Sunday morning. And then, of course, the Erev Yom Tov music mix. And I speak to you Wednesday, please, God, on Som Gedalia. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great Yom Tov, everybody. Until next week, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.